What makes a great podcast episode? It is not just lights, camera, action. We're breaking it all down today, right here, right now, on Air Brands. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the On Air Brand Show. Today, we are breaking down what every guest, cur- I mean, what every guest of a podcast, what every host of a podcast, what every aspirational host of a podcast needs to know, and that's what makes for a great episode. I am bringing in my great partners, Eric Cabral and Josh <laughs> Carey, to help me break it down. <laughs> I got to say, Todd, you are a consummate professional <laughs> for so many reasons. Let's be real. Least of which is before we went on the air, we we fell into a little lights, camera, action gimmick between the three of us. And it, I, I can't imagine that it was already baked <laughs> into your opening. You took it on the yeah, fly. Exactly. You know, and, and if that had been in a pre-show form, I would have uh, probably overlooked it. But because we talked about it right before we came on the air, it was fresh in my mind and it just flew right out of my mouth, off the tongue very smoothly, just like the rolling R of Cabral. (laughs) Now, do you want to just give a quick insight into why you're doing it in such a deliberate way? Yeah, so we just discovered after, Eric, I've known you for about a year now. Josh, you've known him for years. And uh, for for, you've known him for years, not four years. (laughs) F-O-R. Yeah. Um, we both just discovered like a week ago that the actual pronunciation of Eric's name is not Cabral or Cabral, like our friend Josh McKellen likes to say, but it is Cabral. And yeah, so now I want to pay respect. I want to pay respect. I am to impressed. That. I am yeah. impressed, my yeah. friend. Thank, Thank you I'm, very much. I'm not going to be able to pay anything. <laughs> roll, you can roll the R's. My mouth just, I, I, I'll, I'll pay in <laughs> other ways, but I can't pay that way. <laughs> All right, so um, guys, what we are talking about today is what everybody everybody wants to know deep down, right? What makes for a great podcast episode? And uh, in your in your show today of the PodMax podcast, so guys, if you're listening to us now, make sure you're subscribed over there because the the guys dive in, dive deep into the news and topics and trends and all that stuff every week. And today, part of the topic was um, when you're a guest on a show, having these very long forms to fill out, and does that help make the show better or worse? So. We wanted to, you know, piggyback in today. And what makes for a great podcast episode? Uh, Mr. Cabral, let's uh, hit you first. What do you think? <laughs> uh, do you you're think just taunting a- me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why, what, thank what, you. What do you think makes a great podcast I, episode? I, uh, many, many, many things. Uh, I think one of the main things is obviously the host, right? If the host, to me, what pulls me into a great show is I have to be, number one, interested in the host. Like, what is what is he or she about? Uh, what are what makes them unique, special, interesting to me? Uh, you know, Rogan comes to mind. Tim Ferriss comes to mind. What have they accomplished in life that inspires me to be like them? Um, you know, during the show, will they talk more about themselves because I want to learn how they potentially uh, got to where they are or will they be highlighting their guests? And then that brings up the second obvious reason is do they bring on amazing guests? Do they bring on people that add value to my life and, you know, could help me in something that I'm trying to figure out? So those are the simple 
answers. Now, let I'll me ask you this, because I find it very interesting. So you're very host based, right? So the people who are actually talking about it, does topic play a role at all for you? Or like, will you listen to a show you've never heard of the host, but the topic is very intriguing? So that is secondary. Uh, so Gary V, for example, um, I'm in and out of of his, you know, Vaynerverse uh, yep. because you know you you can only take so much of the sure. same stuff. But lately, I'm consuming a lot of Gary, um, and I'm going in for specific topics. So I do thumb through his feed, and I say, oh wow, he's talking about Clubhouse here, or wow, he's talking about this topic. Uh, so that is now playing into specific shows and and personalities but it doesn't play a role when um i'm getting to know or like or jumping into a new show not necessarily the topics or the host yeah yeah interesting and so i'm similar with gary like you said he puts out so much stuff you only can take so much of it at once but he's in my subscription feed so i see the new stuff that comes out so for me uh previous to last week's episode we talked about this and linked to it in in last week about his episode talking about the modern business model and being a media company and that's hi highly relevant to us and highly relevant to me so as i saw his show in my feed that topic was what looped me into that particular episode but i don't listen to every episode of his right so josh uh mr josh carry <laughs> <laughs> what do you think makes for a great podcast episode well, I think the first question we need to ask is to help discover this is why do we like the shows that we like? Mm. What draws us in? And to Eric's point, uh, I've been thinking about it and I think it is first and foremost, the host. That's the barrier to entry. Let's mm. not forget. Do you like the person? Do you like them as host? Are you interested in what they have to say? And typically, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that we like the shows we like not as the first point of entrance mm -hmm. but we've already known them mm -hmm. from other avenues which i think is a whole other intriguing aspect of how yeah. you bring in people to it so uh it's absolutely uh what makes a great show it's the skill the persona the likability mm. of the host behind the mic uh doing their thing week after week uh, or moment to moment as best as they can and appreciating it yeah yeah and you know what you mentioned there about this the the show the podcast is often not the first interaction of discoverability yeah. and if if uh you guys go back to season two episode three of the on-air brand show here that's where we talk about that content strategy and we talk about what role does the content of a podcast play and it can play a certain role of awareness and attracting people but really out of the gate where you can see value from your having your own show is by using the podcast content to nurture and engage your existing audience from you know, if, if your existing audience is on social email, wherever, but it's how do you communicate with them regularly in a valuable way? And having a, a frequent show is an easy way to do that. And then you can kind of crisscross and cross promote there. Um, and I think that's a great point for people who, who might think, oh, my podcast isn't getting discovered by a lot of people. It's like podcasts usually don't get discovered. They're actually part of, you know, you have to do some work on getting it discovered and then bring your audience into the show, right? Mm -hmm. Especially because the, the podcast platforms themselves are notorious for, uh, you know, searchability and discovering new stuff and, and that kind of thing. But before we get off too much on a tangent, you guys can hear more about that if you go back to episode three. Um, I want to break down something because I, I'm actually the, uh, not the total opposite, but I do subscribe and listen to at least one show every week. I'm not going to name who it is. 
I don't like the host. But the show adds so much value between, but from the guests that they bring on. Mm. So it's not a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker for me because I know that this show itself will deliver high value for me through the guest, even though every time I listen, I'm like, man, this guy really (laughs) just does not do it for me. Like if there's any guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, isn't so, that like, isn't that like saying, you know, I went out with this girl last week. I don't like her to save my life, but I love bowling. No, no. <laughs> or her I cooking. just love bowling, right? I, yeah. lo- I love who she invites to the dinner. To, uh, yeah. yeah, I can't stand her. She makes me feel worthless and insecure. <laughs> but roller skating is great, isn't it? <laughs> But yeah. so, you know, for me, if he were a guest on someone else's show, I would I would intentionally mm. skip that episode. And if he were doing solo shows, I would not listen. But wow. the value of the topic and the guests is so tremendous that I'm able to uh, to do that, you know. So but so that for me, I, I actually have the topic on top of the of the host. But, you know, I think if we just break down like different sections of a show and talk about like what can you do to make them great, you know, of course just first of all, what are the topics, right? Like, how do you come up with the right topics that your audience is going to find valuable? And I think, and even before we break down these each thing, let's talk about what is value, because that's what makes anything valuable, right? We need to be on the same page of of value. So what makes a great podcast is, is, is basically saying what makes a podcast valuable. So according to Google's definition, value and i'm (laughs) if you're watching the video show here i'm leaning off to my second screen uh the regard that something is held to deserve the importance worth or usefulness of something so uh a great podcast episode has value and is useful in some way shape or form and the way i like to break down like practical value even from any marketing standpoint whether it's a podcast episode or something else is are we hitting one or or all three of these things where are we giving education? Are we giving inspiration? Um, or are we giving entertainment? Right. And if you can hit all three of those from a business perspective, you're going to be hitting some home runs, right? When you can be entertaining. So people are paying attention and engaging with you. You're educating them. So you're empowering them. And that doesn't mean how to information necessarily. You can educate in a lot of different ways. Um, and you're, you're motivating and inspiring them to want to take action. Right. And, uh, I think when you hit all three of those, that's like, the holy grail of value. Can you repeat those again? Educate, inspire, and... educate, inspire, and um, I think that was out of the oral. Educate, inspire, and and entertain. Yes. Yeah. I think those those three things. But you know, it all starts. Um, <laughs> it all starts with um, the topic, right? So, I mean, whether you're paying attention to the host or the 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 topic of the show how do you come up with topics of value and that comes down to knowing your audience and what is it that they're interested in right and so if you go back to episode two of of uh season two here that's where we really help you dial in on who your audience should be and how do you pick a niche or do you stay broad and get that stuff dialed in because once you have an addressable audience that helps you figure out what topics should we cover here right and so that's how I mean, Gary lives in the comments of all of his stuff. So he's, you know, he's breathing all day what people are interested in. And then he uses that to fuel his conversations, which then get turned into episodes. And we'll actually also touch on that towards the end of this. Once we have all these pieces of a great episode, how can you pull from different parts of your videos and audio that you already exist and maybe seamlessly tie them together to make it a great episode, right? So, but knowing the topic that your audience is going to be interested in when they see that, when they're scrolling through their podcast feed, 
and they see that topic, is it going to hook their attention? Is that something that they want to know about or hear you exploring for 15 to 60 minutes, however long your episodes are, right? So I think topic is number one. Uh, and if you're the host of a show, you can't change who the host of the show is, right? You got to be, you got to deliver this stuff in an entertaining way. And, you know, Josh, as a, uh, as a professional performer and entertainer, what kind of tips do you have for people who might try to figure out like, oh, one of the three holy grails is being entertaining. And the first thing you, you guys said was you have to be a great host. What, what are a couple of easy tips for someone to be a, a good host that people want to listen to? It would probably be prepare your co-host for such a question. I'm guessing you knew this question was coming. Oh, you didn't read the form. You didn't read the form. You didn't read the show notes prior to the the, the pre-interview? Oh, my God. They are in the form, right? It it was a long-ass form. No, but is this – I'm sorry. This was in the document that I didn't Uh, read? Who knows if it is? I don't know. It is. Wow. So uh, we'll we'll cut that in post as well. Yeah. So that's <laughs> two notes that. OK. Um, so what are some tips, please repeat? Let's go. Yeah. What, what are, are some th- tips that make a host entertaining? You're so you're such a pro at it. See, this is your this is your issue, Josh, where multiple times now you've said to Eric and I, oh, you need to hold off and you have to memorize something before you come off. What you don't realize is your your unconscious competence of these things that you are a, a world class host of podcast shows and end events Thank and you. you do it so seamlessly mm-hmm. and yet when i pose the question you 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 buy some I, time there and I'll that, that's that's a little tip josh just threw some humor out there bought himself some time where yeah, you don't know right now right. racking in the back of his brain is like oh so my god true. what are some tips i can do what about, i know i could see i could see it in there Tom so now that we've bought we've bought yeah. you about 90 seconds here so what what did the back <laughs> of your brain come up with here could i can oh and now he's gonna Oh, Say I know. Again? I know. Can I cash those in to pronounce Eric's name correctly? <laughs> <laughs> Buy more time and say my name. Because you said you bought. <laughs> okay. Uh, what What are some tips to be entertaining? Is that to that's be the... an entertaining host, yeah. right? You know, like you know. Yeah. We're um, sitting down. I... We're we're chatting up here, Josh. We're having a cup of coffee. I'm asking you. What, what are some off the top of your head? What do you think Cheers. I should do? Uh, I think it comes down to practice originally right first and foremost it it's not something that can be done in your head or on paper although some parts of this may start there but this is absolutely one of the kinds of things that you just have to get on your feet and do i mean we're talking about how to be entertaining that's a difficult class to teach really but there are some qualities and traits that people have that you can nurture that create that vibe for you when you're in your living room or you're talking to friends you know whether you're a likable person or an entertaining person you want to figure out how to tell stories right how to communicate which is a skill Communication is a skill that you can absolutely learn. So read up on communication, how to communicate, right? Because once you have that foundation, you can then tweak that to make it entertaining because it's Mm -hmm. difficult to be entertaining if you're not able to communicate well. How do you do that? Look it up, tell good stories, work that muscle through yourself, get comfortable with it. And that's a skill that you can learn at PodMax. So if you guys want to get in on the training from Josh himself, uh, that's PodMax.co. April 16th will be the next one of those. Um, 
you said a couple of great things there um, about stories. And and in our last episode last week, uh, which was episode four, we talked about um, different types of stories that everyone should kind of have in their pocket when they're being a guest or being a host. So if you guys are looking for how do you you know put together a list of good stories for you to keep in your pocket, check out last week's episode. Um, but I, I have on my list here of what makes a great podcast episode having stories. Right. So I think it's it's picking the right topic that people are interested in. It's being an engaging host. And I think it also, you know, the idea of being entertaining becomes a mental block for people where they're thinking to themselves, I'm not entertaining the same way. When we talk about being a content creator, experts will say, well, I'm not a blogger. I'm not a vlogger. I'm not a host, but you will have no problem if I emailed you and said, Josh, what are a couple tips here? for being a good, uh, a good host, you'd email me back and, you know, or you text me back right away, right? Like these are things that we can naturally do, but there becomes a mental block. And so getting over that mental hurdle and just when you're a passionate expert on a specific topic, and if you're a show host, you should be a passionate expert about it. These kind of conversations and engagement, your enthusiasm will shine through naturally, right? Like I think all three of us have that here, but if I were to be asked to come in and host a show on like, uh, collectible Hess trucks or something like totally <laughs> random. Like I would not have this level of enthusiasm for the same topic. So I think as long as you're passionate, you're an expert, you, you, you're knowledgeable on the subject and you're enthusiastic about it. I think that's enough, at least as a base level to be a good host that can be entertaining where you're not just ho hum. Right. The um, one thing I want to say, uh, Todd, when we're talking about entertaining, um, because some people may hear that word and immediately block it, Exactly. or tune out or shut off. But I also want to point out that entertaining does not in every regard equal funny. Oh, 100%. You're right. Right? So it's not like, oh, no, no, I'm not funny, right? Mm. Because, it, I mean, in this regard, I think we're sort of implying or alluding that to be entertaining, you have to be over the top, you have mm. to be funny, whatever it is. But there are so many TV personalities, uh, anchors, right, that mm -hmm. are entertaining, that aren't humorous or funny in the least, because that's not the mode of entertainment. So realize entertainment has a variety of colors. Correct. And I think when you can be your authentic self and you and you're self-aware to that role, then once you own that 100 percent, it becomes it becomes much more natural. Right. Um, again, that's something that Josh takes people through in the PodMax pre-training. So if you're interested in taking a deep dive in that podcast, .co, uh to, to sign up and learn more about that stuff. So we have our topics. We have our audience. We have our show host abilities. Um, I, I already mentioned, I think having stories that can be relatable stories are so powerful in mm. so many different ways, but having a list of stories that are relevant to the topic of the episode, uh, makes sense. And so, you know, I'll give a story to emphasize on that last week's episode, we were going through, uh, different ways and content strategies, uh, for podcasts. And I told the story of the TV mount had a million different pieces. It made things super complicated. And then uh, it turned out it was actually very easy. It just looked very complicated. And then I segued that into, well, isn't that how business feels sometimes where there's such a mess and so much noise, but if you want it to be simple, then blah, blah, blah. And then I intro the, the program as a, as a story example. And so having stories you can use to illustrate your expertise and illustrate the customer journey that your audience is going on and it, it makes it relevant to them and when and it gets them engaged right it's it's a very um i don't want to say easy but it's a simple way for people to hook in and pay more attention from start to finish of what you're talking about as opposed to just rattling off a bullet list that you have in a google doc on your second screen right now 
<laughs> but um, but we what have stories. You, yeah, hey, not to throw you off here, Todd. Uh, what did you say to, you know, the? Uh, I like to segment certain audiences into two parts, right? There's mm -hmm. the left brain operators who are very yes. analytical, data-driven, and then you got the right brain people who are all the feels, you know, yep. they, they, yep. they understand yep. the story and appreciate stories. How do you speak to both audiences? Because the left brain analyticals are like, yeah. okay, Todd, get to the point. What <laughs> are you trying to say? And where can I get some information that I can actually take action upon? But then you got the other people that are like, I'm loving every minute of this. And then appreciate it even more when you get to the punchline and say, right. hey, those four screws equal four steps. Right. And isn't yeah. that cool? You know, like. Yeah. I mean, I think this also goes to the kind of practice stuff that Josh was talking about and and not necessarily rehearsing, but maybe having an outline and talking through it, but understanding that when you are talking to people, you're going to need, and this takes practice. I'm not saying you're not going to listen to us right now, hear these tips, and then you're going to be able to do it in an hour, right? You, something you have to think about and work on, but the concept of open loops, right, is is where you start a topic, open it up, and then you go into a different topic before you close the idea and keep it going. And I think to hit people from the emotional feels plus the analytical side is to say, okay, how can I start off a story with a little bit of data or something like that, that in one sentence ties numbers to a story and teases the end. Mm -hmm. So we open the loop. So the data people have to pay attention. And then you can go into a story that gets the emotional people hooked in and engaged and committed. And then you tie back in the data and stuff, right? So, you know, if we were to talk about, did you know how much the podcast industry advertising budget is increasing in mm -hmm. 2021? Mm -hmm. Because it really means a lot for how much your business can grow and the impact that you can have on your customers. So if you want to have a massive impact on your customers, this is something you want to pay attention to because one of our clients who has a show, they started off and uh, and they didn't have any, any sponsors yet. They were just right, right out of the gate, you know, but once they were able to get some traction and they got a sponsor in, they could actually reinvest that 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 money into advertising and growing their audience. And now their podcast is reaching more people, impacting more people and helping grow their business. And 41%, that's the number. The number of podcast advertising budgets increasing this year is 41%, right? So there's a lot more money on the table for businesses to take from, to, to earn from sponsors looking to get advertising slots in podcasts, right? So um, for everyone not subscribed to the PodMax podcast yet, that was the topic today, right? The advertising, the, the podcast sponsorship advertising budgets are increasing 41% this year. So where we start that story, story off with, hey, here's some data and numbers we're gonna be talking about. Mm -hmm. Then we tie in a story, then we, then we hit the emotional, they wanna grow their business, they wanna grow their audience. Mm -hmm. Then we told the story about a client who didn't have a sponsor and then they had a sponsor and their business turned out great. Mm -hmm. And then we brought back in the numbers and the data. So I think when you can balance those things out, uh, like I said, it takes practice. Um, yeah of doing this over and over. And I, I gotta be honest, I am shocked at how well I just did that. Even yeah, if that was very impressive, <laughs> yeah. but, nice um, but you know, it, it takes practice, but once you understand that and you can kind of balance and go back and forth between those two things, that's how you can hook people in, whether they're left, left or right brained. And it's important to do regardless because people do like to, you know, in general, people buy on emotion and justify with logic. So you, even if you think everyone's just emotional or just database, you still should have both of those things because, you know, I really want to buy a Tesla so that I can uh, cruise down to the office by you guys, which is like an hour and a half away. And 
I, I won't tell the police officers my plans for how I'm going to get there in the Tesla, but, <laughs> but that's something. And then, so then I, I started telling my wife the other day, I was completely random numbers that really had nothing. I was comparing it to like Uber, taking an Uber would cost $150 one way. And she's like, well, what difference does it make? You're not taking an Uber anyway. I'm like, just let me justify this purchase if I want to get one, <laughs> would you? Right? Like, so, so even even when we do, our, when we've already convinced ourselves to buy something emotionally, we're still looking for logic and numbers to just mm. justify it a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's always important to have a balance of those two things. And, you know, I think we're talking about stories and numbers and data. Those are, those are good things to have at, to make episodes great. But I think also having some practicality, especially if you have a business show, which is who we're talking to here, you want to have some kind of practicality to it, right? So there are action steps that people can take because value is usefulness. And if you're in, in the business world, speaking to potential clients and nurturing your audience, you want to give them practical steps they can take and say, wow, these guys over at On Air Brands are really helping me already grow my business and we didn't even start working together yet, right? So I think when you're able to deliver some practical, useful value they can walk away with is uh, is is very important to include in there. Um, and I think, so when you have that practicality, you, you tell stories that are engaging, that ties in the entertainment value. And hopefully we can do a little inspiring about how having a show can help you grow your business and motivate you to wanna reach more people and impact more people. That becomes the inspirational part of it. So our goal every week here, even though we've never even spoken about it, I just know because the three of us are just really on that same frequency with a lot of things is that we wanna come to the table here and we want to be educational, inspirational, provide some entertainment value so that you do want to listen and come back every week um, and help spread our message with the people that you think would uh, also get value from it. And that that's really what I think makes a great episode. It's funny that you say all this because if people haven't realized it by now, how many episodes in are we on five? This is five. Yep. Yeah. We're in the fifth episode. And if you haven't realized by now, you are listening in real time what we're teaching, what we're, yep. what we're sharing, how to do it. What this show is about is that on-air brands is not a live podcast production. And that's all we do. We do many, many things. Podmax does many, many things. This is just the vehicle to introduce how mm -hmm. much value, how much entertainment, how much inspiration you can get. Everything Todd outlined right here, right now on Air Brands Live. So it's really cool as you begin to explain and to show the audience all the ingredients that are necessary to, to cook up a good show. Well, we do it every day yep. and we lead by example. Yeah. And I think for anybody who's wondering, like, how do I get practice for these things? I want to reemphasize what Josh said before. If you're if we're talking about the medium of video slash audio where you're actually speaking to the microphone and camera is that if you are no matter how prepared you are on paper, like meeting literally on paper where you wrote it out or in a document where you wrote out what you want to say, if the words have never come out of your mouth mm. before, the muscle memory is not there yet. And so just to just to even you're sitting by yourself in your in your office or whatever say the words out loud so that your mouth has said them before so that when you go to say them when you're recording or going live it's it's already there you've kind of uh, given the pretext to your physical body to be able to do that yes. i think that makes a huge difference and that's something i learned when i first started really studying sales more was mm. that i studied all these sales scripts i was on sales coaching calls and all these kind of things and then when i was on like you know one of my first sales calls after going through this training i was like I got to this point, like halfway through the call, I was like, 
Oh, I never, that was the first time I said those. And I kind of, I didn't trip up, but I stumbled. I wasn't direct. And it was like, I've literally never said those words out loud mm. before, even though I've read them and listened to them yes. a million times. And so just saying the words yeah. out loud. And that is also the power of social media. And we've talked about this several times before about the topic of riffing and stand up comedians and social media, right? Where stand up comedians put together a 60 minute Netflix special that looks flawless and you laugh every, every 90 seconds, you belly laugh every five minutes. And at the end you're curling over in your seat, you're applauding. Oh my God, these people are perfect. But what they don't see is that seven days a week, probably two times a night, they're going to the club with 17 people, 22 people. They're practicing mm -hmm. their jokes. They're getting up front. They're taking notes. What worked, what didn't. They're mm -hmm. repeating things. They're getting their reps in. How do I pronounce this so it hits harder on the punchline? Do mm -hmm. I set this up a little better? Right. And social media gives us that opportunity where every day, uh, you know, you can go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and you can post a video, a 30, 60, 90 second video riffing on one of these topics that you want to be in your show. And you're going to, you can riff on it a, a dozen different ways every day because that post comes and goes very quickly on social. So you don't have to worry about it. And of course you could always delete it afterwards if you didn't like it or don't post it to begin with, but you get this, the, the reps in the practice in, you get the riffing in and by putting it on social, it gives you a little bit of a feedback loop about, okay, mm -hmm. the people who did see it, what did they think? Did they like comment or share? Um, and am I getting some traction here? Let me repurpose. I think that's another great reason to be a guest on podcast, which if that's something you're looking to do podmax.co, you get on three shows on April 16th, but what I've done in the past, which turned into actual products of mine was I riffed on social media. I got a little traction with an idea. Then I went and I was a guest on a podcast. Then I did a, I came on as a guest presenter at two different events with a live audience. And I did the same topic over and over. And I worked out my routine mm -hmm. by getting in the reps and mm -hmm. getting that instant feedback loop from social and the live audiences on the presentations and the, and the host where I was, where I was guesting. And then I was able to iron out, okay, this is what needs to be included here. These are the questions that people were asking. This is what made sense to them. And then that became a program that I sell now. And so when you want to get the reps in, use social media. It is free. It is in your hands right now, right? So get your reps in by just riffing on topics that you want to make episodes about and you'll work and you'll, you'll find your voice. You'll work out exactly how you want to say things so they have more impact. I think, you know, there's there's no excuse these days to not get those reps in to become a better communicator. Two things about that. Um, acting 101 is the exact same way. In order to memorize a script, you don't do it in your head. You have right. to get on your feet and say it. You have to actually say the words. Typically, as close as you anticipate you saying them with the emotion and intention behind it. Get yep. on your feet, walk around, and say the words over and over. Same exact technique. And yep. then also talking about how you use the example of, um, of a comedian 60-minute Netflix special. Have you ever seen the documentary from the early 2000s, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedian? I saw it a long time ago, and I've actually been meaning to uh, rewatch it. Yeah. I just went back to it funny enough and I'm, and I'm watching it, you know, in like little spurts. Yeah. It, when, when he put his Seinfeld show to rest and, and came off of that show, he wasn't done with comedy. He, he, he put all those jokes aside and set out to create a brand new set of shows. So comedian, the Netflix documentary special follows Jerry Seinfeld 
as a comedian, as he is in all these clubs working out new material, some falls on its face, some is good. And you just see the evolution of how someone, Jerry Seinfeld, clearly the top of his game, but he still has to put in the reps. He still does it the same way. Yeah. I, I wanted to share that too, just a personal thing that I experienced. Two amazing comedians, icons of our time. Uh, I got to watch them at play, figuring it out before mm. they're special, right? Nice. And literally with my feet on the stage in one of these experiences. But Chris Rock, before, uh, not before Bring the Pain, I forget which special it was. I think it was The Messenger, where I got to see him working his 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 performance out and yeah. saw the end result a year later. I'm like, oh, he got rid of this. He got rid of this. He got rid of yeah. this. Um, I also saw Louis C.K. recently at Stand Up New York, mm -hmm. and he literally had a notebook, yeah. a legal pad you with all these scribbles on it, and he would say jokes. They wouldn't land or they didn't land the way he expected. He would turn around and go, well, that sucked. Okay, hold on. Let me. <laughs> True. And he would scribble things out True. and yeah. go, maybe this word. Let me try it again. He would literally go to us and say, let me try it again yeah. and change the words around. So it's really cool what you said. I like the analogy, Todd, where we have uh, the same or very similar tool set for us, and I'm hoping and imagining comedians use it too, social media, going live. You get that sort of adrenaline rush when you go live and you get to experience and get live feedback from your audience, uh, what's working and what's not working. So good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so last week we talked about the recast strategy, how you could actually curate your own podcast feed by just being a guest on other shows. And we also teased the idea, something that Gary Vaynerchuk does very frequently of these mashup episodes where he has an episode and it's almost seamless if you're not fully paying attention where, you, oh, and exactly. I, where the, the topic of the episode is uh, let's call it, you know, being a media, being a media company in 2021. And it's actually different clips from different podcast episodes, interviews he's done, social media videos he's done, keynote speeches he's done. And his team will pull them all together and make it into a structured episode because there's value in that, right? He's putting it out and they're they're mashing it up mm -hmm. and they're making episodes out of that. And so that's something I think that uh, our listeners can also do if you're just getting started and you're trying to figure out ways to do it, uh, put together an actual podcast show. If you're already putting out content on social in videos, or if you're already doing Zoom meeting presentations that are recorded, or you're being a guest on other shows, you can take clips out of all of those different places and start making shows. So we reiterate what we talked about today, what makes it for a great podcast episode. You know, you want to have a good topic, need to have a description that tells people why they should pay attention and what value they're going to get from listening to this episode. You want to have at least one story in the episode that emphasizes the point that you want to make, right? And give some examples. You want to be relatable. Also, something we didn't talk about was believability, right? So if you start telling stories or your headline is how, how to make $2 billion in overnight, like, you know, no one, if you're not believable enough with your stories, even if they're real, people will um, cast them aside and not pay attention because they don't believe it. Um, so making sure there's believability in there. You want to have some action items or practical things, act, uh, steps that people can take away, right? And so now, when you start thinking of this, as you're putting out individual podcast episodes for yourself, as you're being a guest on other shows, as you're putting out your social media video and audio content, if you have this theme throughout them, if you tell different stories on different podcast episodes, you can then string them all together 
to have one episode that's just, you know, our favorites, you know, favorite stories about growing your podcast. And it could be that type of thing, right? And it's a mashup of those things. It could be the the 10 best steps for growing your podcast. And it's actually 10 different social media clips that you did that had an individual step, but you mashed them up into one episode. So when you have these themes and you understand the structure of what makes for a great episode, you can you can look and you can pull together pieces and repurpose because you know we love repurposing. You can repurpose all these different pieces of content that you're putting out into uh, actual podcast episodes. Love that. I, I I would suggest if you at some point if you if you're implementing that now or later, taking the time to record a pre-roll, whether it's yes. thirty seconds to two minutes, you mm -hmm. teeing up what the audience is about to listen to and experience. So mm -hmm. Josh and I often, when we realize this episode was on the stage of one of our events. Well, let's explain to the listener where, what they're about to enter so that yep. people can, and this, this comes from Jason Pfeiffer, uh, that when people tune into your show, they want to know generally what to expect. So if they're expecting Esquire magazine and all the content that they know and love there, but they're getting 17 magazine, well, that's going to, you know, throw them off and they're not probably going to want to come back. So, let's just make sure that everybody frames it up so that people, you know, can expect the magazine that they wanted to thumb through. Absolutely. And fun fact, I was in 17 magazine when I was 16 years old, ahead of my time. Were you really? How about that? Yeah. Dare, dare we ask? Yes. I was, I, I, I don't, I, I know everyone thinks that I'm a natural at this whole thing, but I actually, I was on a TV show when I was in high school. And so as a cast member of the show, uh, we ended up being interviewed in Seventeen Magazine. What show uh, were you on? Now we got to keep was, going back. It was, <laughs> it was on the Metro Channel here in. New it was in New York, cast across mm -hmm. the tri-state area, <laughs> and uh, it was called Studio Y. It was an afternoon. It was an after-school kids talk, high school talk show. So um, there were two hosts who were quote adults, like they were probably twenty-two, and um, and every day there were like four to six high school kids. That would come in and they and you know it was a, it was a talk show whatever topics of the day topics of the week we'd have um, segments so I'd go out and do press junkets for uh, an interview interview movie directors and actors and stuff wow. for new movies that were coming out um, yeah it was it was very fun it was a great experience and I often honestly it's like that feels like ten lifetimes ago so I forget about that and yeah. I, I don't even like to to talk about it too much because I don't want that. I don't want people to think, oh, I can't host a podcast. I wasn't on a TV show when I was in high school. It's like, dude, it was ah. like, it was, uh, it was nothing. It was nothing. Was, was that nothing. the one with um, Alyssa Milano on the cover? <laughs> no, Car Carson <laughs> Carson Daly actually was on uh, was on the cover there. That's oh, great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gave me flashbacks, and I'll share this on another show. Since we are winding down here on the Honor Brands Live podcast. The uh, I was on MTV. Uh, hey! Yeah, yeah, on Speaking one of those. Of Carson Daly. So how, yeah, how did that go down? Yeah, they showed up to my school at the time, uh, School of Visual Arts, and there was a camera crew. Um, they and I was like, "What's going on?" There's cameras and there's lights, mm -hmm. and yep. um, they came over to me and and my crew hanging out in the cafeteria, and I jumped on the table and did my best Scarface impression. Nice. And it, I never saw it. I got phone calls from friends and family saying you were just on TV. What was that about? And I'm like, I was, uh, you know, ah. I had no idea. I tried to track down the video. This is obviously before the internet. Um, and I just can't, I, I even reached out to the producer of the show because yeah. she was an SVA alum. And so I had her 
out. Yeah. <laughs> I called her mother actually, <laughs> and uh, I said, "Hey, uh, she she was at my school, uh, our school, and where is it?" And oh, she'll send you a VHS tape of it. Yeah. Never heard got it. Her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll say you know we we've talked about we're and by the way, guys, we're all we're off the rails here. We're off the rails, and I'm okay with it. Officially, that's just how we, that's how we roll. We're here to have fun. This is the entertaining part of the of the episode. <laughs> um, but so to to go back to what Josh was saying before, and what you guys talked about is to to be courageous and step into doing things and saying yes and practicing. And so the the way that I actually got on this show in high school was because. Uh, in between classes, I went and uh, would there was you know in between whatever period that was where I would see my girlfriend at the time. And I went and she wasn't at her locker, and so her friend that was there, I said, "Oh, where's she?" She said, "Oh, she's um she's doing that like audition thing for the TV show." I said, "What audition thing for the TV show?" She says, "Oh yeah, you know out in the you know in in the whatever in the back parking lot they have this tour bus and uh and they're interviewing people to be on a TV show." I said, "Wait, but so do you get out of class for that?" <laughs> <laughs> And she said, yeah, you get out of class with that. I said, boom, I'm there, right? So um, purely the only reason I went was just because I got to skip class. Nice. And I go and it was on like one of the tour buses and they would take in like a handful of kids at once and they give throw out one topic and the topic, and th this is the the power and importance of having a unique voice and, and owning your own perspective. Mm -hmm. So they said, the school year is from September to June and there's talks of it being changed to be the full 12 months of the year where you go to school all 12 months. I don't know if this was real at the time or if it was, right. they just threw it out there, but that was that they said, so what's your take on this? <laughs> and so they go and they start on the opposite side and each person said, Oh, well that would be great. Cause if we had three more months to learn then you know, we'd be able to learn. So all this BS, oh. right? Like, and so then I'm like, at what, I, I just got fed up after like the third person and I, I interjected myself and I took the microphone. I said, look, if they're talking about changing school to full year because they're saying that September and June are a wash, no one's paying attention because they're starting and ending. I said, here's the solution. We stop coming to school in September and June and we only go from October to May. And that's what we should be doing for school. And then, and then, so that was it. Right. And I had no intentions of being on the show whatsoever. I'm just skipping class. <laughs> I'm skipping class. Way, right. Yeah. And so then as we're all walking, as we're, as, as it ends and we're all walking out, you know, the, the producer woman touches my arm and says, I think you're going to get a call back. <laughs> <laughs> That's and what we're so, looking for. Yeah. And so it was, it was super cool. And, and look, I wasn't the only one. They, they picked like a handful of kids and there was a big rotation, but it, it was, it was a fun experience. And it's something that feels like 10 lifetimes ago. So if you weren't in on a show in high school, don't feel like you can't have a podcast now because Mr. Cabral here was not on a show in high school, although he did show the boldness and courageousness of doing such an act. And that is the point, isn't it? The, right. the the moral and the point of these stories that the two of them connect is we took a chance, right? Did something out of the box. It wasn't safe and it made it. It made the right. cut. And that exactly. is sort of what happens when Josh and I run our events. We notice the people in the room that stand out for whatever yep. reason. They put themselves out there and we embrace it and they come into the fold and we all do wonderful work together. Yep, for sure. And so let's just read to recap what makes for a great podcast episode, guys. We're all over the place today, but hopefully it was entertaining. Hopefully it was practical. Hopefully it was educational. Hopefully it was motivating and inspiring. And hopefully it was entertaining. Those are the factors that make for a great podcast episode, right? And so you want to have a great topic and make sure that's in your title. 
You want to tell some fun stories that are also relatable and believable and emphasize and illustrate the point of why you're having the show and the value that you want to bring to your audience. You want to have some practicality and give some action items for people paying attention so that they can end the end listening the episode and take action and be inspired to move forward. And really, that's how you have great podcast episodes that impact your audience on a high level. And with that, hopefully we'll come back with more great value for you next week, Wednesday at noon, if you're watching live or make sure you're subscribed to the show on air brands season two. Thank you guys for, for listening today and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye.